it's taken uh, my students with disabilities. Normally, there's a stigma of coming to a special ed class and you just get more academic support, things like that. But instead, they're coming to a special ed class and they're learning how to code. They're learning what pseudocode is. Um, it's empowering my students and, and getting them to think on a different level. And I mean, they can be future inventors, entrepreneurs, engineers, and I'm just so excited. I know that we've got a gift. We've got some parts we could lift up. This is the start of your bridge. Walk through it all with the cards you were dealt in the heart of your chest and then foster your grit. We started to sift through the pieces of youth. Keep our feet on the ground, but still reach through the roof. We're staying steady and keeping our truth. I believe in the dreams that'll sweep in the view. I know our roads may take us in a thousand different directions, but don't forget to watch the scenery. Welcome to Project Invent with Dr. B. Are you concerned about addressing all your child's literacy skills or academic performance? Now, more than ever, Linda Mood Bell programs for reading, comprehension, and math can help students catch up or get ahead in learning. In just a matter of weeks, your child can feel more confident and prepared for school. Our evidence-based intervention is individualized, one-to-one, -one, and proven effective for all types of students with learning challenges, including dyslexia. In-person or online instruction is equally effective. Spots are filling fast, so enroll now. You can learn more at lindamoodbell.com slash projectinvent. Welcome to the Project Invent podcast. Your host, NEA Art of Teaching Award recipient, Dr. Rhonda Beeman, will explore how Project Invent is on a mission to create the next generation of fearless problem solvers through invention. Please enjoy. Welcome back, everyone, to Project Invent podcast. And we've been going through the six practices of Project Invent and bringing you the best and brightest teachers and their dogs uh, to the program so that we can uh, let you, if you're thinking about becoming a fellow, uh, give you some good reasons to join. If you are already a fellow, uh, just to reinforce what we're doing and what you can learn from other fellows out there. So we have two really great uh, guests today. Um, Matt, well, I'm going to let you introduce yourself and what, what you're up to and where. Thank you, Dr. B. Um, you bet. Hi, everyone. My name is Matt. I am a first year teacher in uh, Oakland at a new charter school called Latitude. I studied computer science at Stanford and then had a brief stint at a biotech startup for a few years uh, and then decided I wanted to teach. So found a job at a charter school in Oakland. Hey, good for you. So from Stanford to the classroom, that doesn't happen that often. <laughs> I'm glad you did that. Um, Me too. <laughs> Anjali, what about you? So I'm an undergrad in a business and a master's in education and um, I have my admin credential. I did some administrative work, but went back to teaching um, special education. So I teach students with mild to moderate disabilities, and I decided to take on this project to bring something new to the classroom. Well, I, there, people remember at the end, end of their lives, people remember three kinds of people, their family, their friends, and their teachers, and, and, and maybe their dogs, I'm not sure. <laughs> but those are the three, I mean, 
John Adams said it best. It's about, it's one of the ways to become immortal, right? Do you guys remember the names of your first grade teacher? Absolutely. Yes. Of course Mine you was do. Miss Wardlaw. <laughs> yeah. Shout out if you're listening, Miss Wardlaw. <laughs> and mine was Mrs. Pierce. And are you just, because it's such a, you, it's such an impactful position to play in somebody's life. And, um, you know, I think that one of the things that Project Invent reminds you of is the change you can make in a person's life by having them do something that matters in the classroom, that helps others in the class. You know, do you remember sitting in algebra and going, why? Why? What, what did I loved about? algebra. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Maybe it was just me. I'm like, I'm never going to use this. I don't know why I have to do this. But uh, I, I think one of the things that we've heard constantly from, from educators is that Project Invents reminds you of what you're trying to do and how to help students become um, learners on their own and contribute to society. Do you find that, Anjali? Do you relate to that? Yes, definitely. It um, Project-based learning, it just really turns the classroom around and makes the students um, leaders in the classroom. And what about you, Matt? Yeah, I um, I was lucky enough to join a school that really embraces project-based learning across all of its classes. Um, so that really helped introduce Project Invent into our classrooms pretty fluidly um, and extend what we're doing in a way that I feel like has been very significant. Because we try to make projects really meaningful at our school and you know base them in the communities and have real expectations where their work matters. But in Project Invent, they're able to do something that they choose where they find a community partner themselves. And then they take that to build, to, to, you know, use empathy interviews and use the design thinking process to build a product that they have discovered themselves rather than something that in some ways in our classrooms gets handed to them. So that's how Project Invent has pushed that to be really real. So a little bit of agency, a little bit of ownership. Mm -hmm. yes. Yeah, great. And and so many times kids sit in a desk and feel like they have nothing to say about anything that's going on. So it gives them a little of, you know, that little ownership. Well, one of the things we want to talk about today with you guys is the practice of leave room for exploration. Uh, so many times it's about, you know, um, so I teach at the university level now, but and the kids in college will say, I already took English, like I'm done with that. Right. I already took geology. I don't I don't ever have to take that again. And it's like the, the learning ends because you took that class. But if you do it correctly, leaving room for exploration means you're always questioning. You're always growing. What does it mean to you, Matt? Yeah, gosh, that's such a great question. And I feel like leaving room for expl exploration is just so inherent in a project based learning classroom uh, where students rather than focusing on units where they're reviewing material for a test that then they disregard and throw to the side. They have to bring together sources from, uh, you know, the domain specific stuff that we're working on. So in Project Invent, that's a lot of Arduino stuff. In my classroom, we're doing a lot of software and design engineering, but they also have to pull in stuff from all sorts of different disciplines. Um, and I think it enables the students to make connections that are really natural, but not necessarily I guess, they're present in classic education classrooms. So I really appreciate seeing that. And then further, I feel like when students have that agency that you mentioned, Dr. B, 
they're able to take that one step farther and do things not just because the teacher is telling them or Project Invent is, is suggesting a deadline, but they have some reason to care for the thing that they're doing. Uh, and then they're able to develop that learning in a way that is unique to them and something that they genuinely care about. So I can tell that you're excited by that. You, you... Absolutely, it's <laughs> yes. This school and Project Invent have really, really helped me think about how education should be. Yep, there's a lot of energy behind what you're talking about. What about you, <laughs> Anjali? So I feel like um, I really need to connect with you, Matt, because he's got like the technical <laughs> aspect. And um, for me, I'm working with students with mild to moderate disabilities and coming back to the classroom um, from being online for such a long time. There's a totally different vibe in my class. So getting them to socialize was a big part of exploration. And I heard you say they had to find their own community partners in your school and our school. We had to help facilitate that. And we partnered up with the teacher who has students that are in a special day class. And the exploration happened with partnering up my RSP class, which the students are more in the general ed population most of the time, with a classroom of students that are in a special day class. Um, their core content is in a special ed class every day. And so they don't get as much exposure to the general ed population. And what I did is I buddied each of my students up with one of the students in the special day class. And that was kind of um, exploration through socialization and bringing them back to talking to people, connecting with people who have maybe more severe disabilities. Some of the students were nonverbal. So um, it was just a beautiful thing. Every student had a buddy to start off with, but then over the semester, they really got to know um, the students at a different level. And we, we did a lot of social activities with them so they could figure out what the need finding process was, but first getting to actually know the other students, um, you know, their community partners first. And that was a beautiful process. And that brought on a different level of thinking. Well, it seems to me that you're talking about too, that it's really the process, not the end product, but it's the process of exploring and being curious and asking questions and learning how to ask questions. Yes. Yes, definitely learning how to ask questions. The need finding was a, a long process because it took so long to get them to start talking to people again, you know, from the beginning of the semester towards, I would say, the middle of the semester. And um, I had actually particularly a student with, with pretty, who has pretty severe autism. Um, and I think he learned a lot just being able to engage with the need finding process. Mm. So it's been it really exciting. In, in what way? Can you expand on that story a little bit? Um, what happened with him? Yeah, so he's uh, the student with autism. He's very intelligent. He just um, was new to the school also. And he just doesn't talk much in class at all. And so I partnered him up uh, with somebody in the special day class, which they, the special day class and the teacher of the special day, day class, Ms. Kamar. She's, they're our community partners. And um, he was actually the quiet one. So he's the student who's in general education most of the time, has a less severe disability. And the person he's partnered up with in this special day class was the one who was talking to him. So he actually learned socialization skills 
from his partner who's in a, um, we call them buddies, uh, from his buddy who's in a, in a more severe special day class who had, has a more severe disability, but he actually learned from him and, and then, and we have all learned from each other. Um, so it's, it's, it's a, it sounds like it's growing. Sounds like choreography going on in your classroom there, Miss Atkins. <laughs> yes, definitely. Definitely. And what about, uh, I'm sorry, uh, go ahead. Oh, I also was going to say like, it also included having to talk to his parent to get him to uh, do some of the activities he, that he was hesitant to do just to, to let him know that it's not just him, but even his parents are involved in the process. And, and aren't all students, regardless of where they lie on the, the um, you know, academic spectrum, aren't they all a little hesitant at first? Whatever yes. new thing you throw at them, right? So, Definitely. yeah, then once they, once they explore a little and have some success, my dad used to tell me success breeds success. So it will be easier yes. for that. Yeah. Yeah. Matt, what about you? Yeah, Can I think that's the flywheel effect, right? Of course. Yeah. I um, you know, talking about process uh, brings a lot of different experiences that we've had as Project Invent to mind. I think that Project Invent at first can be tricky because especially for students who haven't really built things before on their own, they face this really daunting task of having a prototype by the end of the year that they are gonna pitch on a national stage. And that can be super scary. Um, it's like, whoa, I, think that, I can't do right. that. Yeah. And I think that can lead to a little bit of analysis paralysis where students are spinning around thinking about their community partner, but also seeing sort of like the, the weeks go by. And at, at Latitude, we meet weekly, it's an after school club. So especially with breaks in the, uh, in the early part of the year, there were a few weeks where we felt like we were really getting behind. But then I, I had this experience where we, we sort of formed a structure within our, within our club where there was a CEO and a bunch of different leads for the, the club. And so they were sort of taking initiative, but also I think dealing with that struggle of seeing this daunting task and not really knowing how to chunk it up. So we did the best we could support to get a to get a, a community partner and then really scrambled to get an idea for idea review. But then all of a sudden it was like a, it was like a light switch went off where once we had an idea, we got some feedback, which project invent does such an amazing job. I mean, the kids seeing feedback from Google engineers, they were so excited, especially really thoughtful and constructive feedback that was super positive and reinforced that the kids were thinking about things the right way. But that turned a corner for the students where all of a sudden we got back and they were just like, okay, taking initiative. These are the things we need to do. And they've actually decided to come in after, uh, after hours during school to actually tinker with some of the things we bought. We've gotten a bunch of materials. And wow. I, now, you know, yeah. <laughs> and now, and now I have students. And I think one of the things that like this really shows I think more grounded in something more specific is like the way that the students can take that and learn something specific to the domain that they're learning about. Like one of my students is a ninth grader who has never had any experience with coding, but he is just so excited at the concept of like using Arduinos and robots that he has been taking this machine home and using his own computer and his own time to understand how this stuff works brings it to me the next day and says, oh, Mr. Matt, come check this out. Like, I need to show you the lights going off and all this different stuff that I think is just That's so great. cool to see. That's exactly what I, what I think of when I hear leave room for exploration. 
Well, and it's somebody following their own curiosity instead of, you know, an extrinsic um, reward. It's the intrinsic feeling of wanting to succeed and learn this and do this for someone else. It's so exciting. And um, can you, you know, can you tell someone who's listening, wondering whether they should uh, be part of Project Invent, what it's done for you as a teacher? I do this job because I care so much about my students. So I'm going to say, if I could say what it's done for my students, it's, it's taken uh, my students with disabilities. Normally there's a stigma of coming to a special ed class and you just get more academic support, things like that. But instead they're coming to a special ed class and they're learning how to code. They're learning what pseudocode is. Um, it's empowering my students and, and getting them to think on a different level. And I mean, they can be future inventors, entrepreneurs, engineers, and I'm just so excited. And I thank Project Invent for Whole all their world. support. Yeah. Whole world opens up for them that they didn't think was out there. And that's the thing about an educator is when you see your students begin to grow and flourish then it shows yes. you what you're doing in the world, right? It reinforces why you started this in the whole, in the first place. Matt, what about you? Yeah, everything Anjali said really resonates with me. Yeah. And seeing that perspective, I think is super valuable. And then on top of that, one thing that Project Invent provides that I think is invaluable is a structure for, uh, for me, for an after-school club. Because thinking about starting an after-school club is such a daunting task where you know you have to organize students to have some productive time and having Project Invent to provide all that structure for us in ways that's really meaningful and connecting us with the community has been just incredible. Well, and again, there's so many teachers and I, I'm not, I don't mean to diss anybody. It's, it's a tough job and many times a thankless job and many times, a, you know, not a respected position as much as it should be and all the things that we know. But what happens in the room when you're in the room with those students and watching the light bulb go on and watching them, you know, envision a future bigger than they thought they had or whatever the case may be that you're getting to do. That's the real reward. That's the real reward of what we do. And so many people are like, do I get paid extra for doing the chess club? <laughs> do I get paid extra for whatever? Hey, the payment is what's happening in that room and watching watching you guys' faces when you talk about it. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so we're really lucky to have you as part of the team. Is there anything you'd like Thank to you. say to any of the students? Any of the students that might be listening wondering, I don't know if I if I don't know if I want to join Project Invent. What's in it for the student? I would say you get to learn um, about the uh, design process. You get to learn about what it means to invent something. You get to learn what, when people say coding, you actually get to do it. Um, and if you're a hands-on learner, you're going to love this. Take a chance, learn to fail, learn that failure is okay, and learn to explore. Yeah, I, I think those are all really great reasons. And on top of that, I think that connecting with Silicon Valley or the tech companies and the and this new new edge world is, I, I just think it's an awesome opportunity to connect with um, like these these cutting edge companies and people who are willing to invest time in you as a student and your thinking, not the people at your school, but this this national organization that's there to support you in your learning. And I think in the final analysis, the idea 
about leave room for exploration, I think the biggest exploration that's going on is the internal one for you as educators, but also for the people in your classroom who get to explore what turns them on, what, what lights their lights, what they can do that expands their whole possibility. So uh, I think it's a win-win as they say, and we just thank you guys so much for being part of the team and for being part of our podcast today. Thank you for listening. You can find more information about Project Invent on the website at projectinvent.org. Tune in next week for more ideas, inspiration, and information about invention here on Project Invent with Dr. B.